Kim Ang. Kim Ang is out there dealing already. It is trade season for the Marlins, and it is not even into June. The Marlins sitting at 500. They dropped the first game in course. However, the bigger news in some ways uh, is that they have made a trade for Jonathan Davis, not the Welsh rugby player. No, they've made a trade with the Tigers to get Jonathan Davis, uh, who is expected to join the team in Colorado immediately and be on the roster. We don't know the, the moves. We're going to dig into that. Plus, looking back at yesterday's game and also Skip Schumacher's management of this rotation. Plus, there has also been some Garrett Cooper slander. Sean Barrett is in the house. Help me to dig into all of this on today's Locked on Marlins. You are Locked on Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked On Marlins. This, of course, is your daily Marlins podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. Hit subscribe. This, of course, is your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Marlins your first listen of the day. There is a YouTube channel for those listening at this moment in particular. I strongly urge you, head over to the YouTube channel, Locked On Marlins. You'll find us there. There is a new graphics package. Come and have a look. Let me know what you think. Leave a comment as well. Also, hit subscribe while you are there. Delighted to welcome on a Tuesday. Yes, I know, scheduling faux pas from me, uh, but I'd already recorded the episode yesterday, the crossover, which I thought was a lot of fun. Um, however, though, Tuesday, Sean Barrett is in the house looking clean and fresh. Sean, how are we doing, brother? I'm not quite sure if I'm as fresh as these uh, these new graphics. They look pretty good. Uh, um, unfortunately, they're a little bit wasted on me, my friend. Um, dragging down the show a little bit, but um, hopefully the audience are pretty used to that by now. You are telling lies. You are telling porky pie, senor. Um, great to have you back on, though, mate. This is going to be a fun episode. Uh, this, this episode isn't exactly as I planned it uh, a few hours ago or a few days ago, maybe. Uh, all of a sudden, the Marlins dropping bombs. Thinking, what is this deal? Depth for depth piece. This guy's going to head to AAA and add some depth. No, Jonathan Davis. Sounds like he's the Marlins have made a move and it's to head to the big league club immediately, which is very intriguing. Um, have to call out as well. It wasn't Craig Mish that was first on this deal, by the way. It was Hayes Mish first on the deal. Boy, oh boy, Hayes Mish is going to be an absolute rock star uh, for many years to come. I can really, I can see it already. Uh, but Sean, uh, Jonathan Davis, the, the question is, what do we know about him? Uh, let's start there. He's He's been knocking around the major leagues for some time. It's been underwhelming. When you look at the high-level numbers, our good friend Alex Ferrer has already been out there sharing his career numbers. They don't look that impressive. What's going on here? Who is this guy? I mean, it's a very good question. Isn't it? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's hard to say. I mean, he's a guy that's going to come in and and give you that depth, as you as you called it. Um, weird for me. I mean, defensively, can play centre field, so maybe mm-hmm. that's what the Marlins were thinking. But they've got Jake Mangum down in in AAA, and he's your boy. In, yeah, I, I was all over him before yeah. he even became Marlin. I was up late one night perusing the Rule 5 draft because I am an absolute loser. 
And he was the name, and I remember messaging you and saying, this guy, look out for him. Mm. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get an opportunity to actually talk about him on the pod before the Rule 5 draft. Marlins end up acquiring him for the Alicia Hernandez trip player to be named later. Yep. Um, and ever since, he's done everything he should be doing, hitting for high contact, playing elite centre field defence. Why isn't he coming up? Why have the Marlins, okay, they traded basically nobody in the grand scheme of things to, to acquire him. And I'd love to say that they've seen something. They've, they, they've found something in this, this long-time player and, and he's going to bring, you know, he's going to surprise us all. But mm. I would be awfully shocked if this isn't just a, a in-break class emergency situation of we need a centre fielder to bring up who is disposable. Maybe they look at Jake Mangum as a more of a, a long-term prospect, or he's, he's older, so he's not exactly a prospect, but a, a long-term option for them, and they don't want to bring him up and, and burn that option so early. But for me, I think it is just a case of this is this could theoretically be a Mag Sierra situation where you're just bringing in mm. a body. Yeah, I, I guess, and it's the, you know, the corresponding move is playing into that as well, mate, where... You know, he's clearly not on the 40-man. He has to be added to the 40-man. The Marlins then also have to send someone down. Um, you know, we're recording this at 10 p.m. UK time, uh, which is 5 p.m. Eastern. We don't know the corresponding move thus far, so all we can do is try and project what we think is going to happen. And it could be an interesting point. Like, this may be just like... It, it may almost, almost be a situation like some of those relievers that get added to the 40-man and thus straight onto the roster... They throw an inning or they, they're on the roster for a day or two for whatever emergency need. And then it's like, oh, we'll DFA the dude now. And, um, you know, they're likely clear. And, you know, so the cycle goes on. I don't know. I don't quite know. I don't think we're in that situation. But let's talk about maybe the corresponding move um, in terms of not how to get him on the 40, but who's going to have to come off. Many on Twitter anyway thus far are, are, are putting forward it's likely that all well, that gut feel is is Peyton Burdick maybe has run out of time already and it's been a short stint. I mean, this is Peyton Burdick that we kind of expected. High strikeout, high power potential, decent enough in the outfield. Actually, I think he's underwhelmed a touch, to be honest with you, um, it, with his defensive play since he's been up. But it feels a touch tough on Peyton Burdick to give him, what, like a week and a half, two weeks or whatever it is, and then send him back down for a dude that probably the Marlins don't really care about. Um, if it is to be Peyton Burdick, what does that say, in your opinion, about how the Marlins are feeling about Peyton Burdick at this point? I mean, if it were a case of they were sending him down, just, you know, putting him down to AAA, then, then I'd, I'd get that. That's fine. But DFA in him, as they would have to to get him off the 40-man, you know, it's a case of they've given up on him. Mm. Because they are fully prepared to, to send him away. And... Yeah, he's he's done exactly what you kind of expect him to. You know, you'd prefer he didn't hit one eighty two, granted. But he's a high strikeout guy, high power guy. Yeah. And um, when he's not hitting I think we spoke about this before, when he's not hitting home runs, he's gonna look underwhelming because the strikeouts, I mean it's nearly fifty percent. Yeah. But it's high. The guy <laughs> had reg, the guy had regular thirty five, forty K rates in the minors that yep. doesn't that doesn't change. That's one of the the biggest things I look at for a hitter in the minors. It, it's as far as if they are ready to come up 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we knew that he wasn't going to hit for contact. We knew he was going to strike out like maybe not 50% of the time, but mm-hmm. we knew it was going to be high. Um, he's 26, he's older, um, but I would be surprised if the Marlins were ready to just give up on him because that is essentially what they'd be doing. Yeah. Um, I think there are other options. I think there are more sensible options. Um, I, I don't see a reason why Burdick at the moment should be sent away no. as a TSA candidate, but he's going to have to start showing some stuff at the major league level. Otherwise, we might not quite get there, but we certainly might see him get sent back down to AAA. Yeah, absolutely. I I I feel like the most likely situation here is this kind of Quado to the 60-man clears the the roster spot and maybe Burdick goes down as the corresponding move to get him onto the roster, the, the active roster anyway. Um, the other option as well is Sixto Sanchez could be transferred to a 60-day IL. Uh, they didn't do it last year. They haven't done it this year, and it's to save 750 grand. They just want to pay that money to, to Sixto. There's other guys that are on the 60-day IL being paid, I guess, big league money uh, whilst being on the 60-day. The <laughs> Marlins, for whatever reason, aren't willing to do that with, with this guy in particular, which is interesting from a psychological perspective and an organizational perspective that they haven't done that before. Maybe it's because I actually have no idea what Sixto's career earnings are, but I don't feel like he was a, a big international signing guy. I don't, th- I don't feel like he was a big ticket guy, but I may be wrong. Either way, there's going to have to be some roster manipulation that goes on here. We'll wait to see what it is. There's a few guys that you know are candidates. There's a few guys that are struggling, but if they are to bring up an outfielder, you have to assume it's an outfielder that's going the other way, uh, you know, either down to AAA or DFA'd in, entirely. Um, and, and the other, I guess there's, I'm not sure where Avicel Garcia is up to. Maybe there's a 60-day IL there, perhaps. I don't know. I don't know. Um, let's carry on this conversation. Also talk about Skip. Uh, and his management at the starters, which I think has been very intriguing in advance of the weekend series. I was talking about how Sandy continues to have the benefit of the doubt is maybe how I would describe it. And Skip is managing in that way. And in reality, the Marlins ended up getting burned three games in a row by probably letting Sandy go a touch too long. The knee-jerk reaction maybe was Braxton Garrett got the quickest of quick hooks when he was absolutely dealing over the weekend. So I'm really interested to get into that topic as well. Uh, before we do that, though, guys, it's time for our first sponsor of the day, and it's our good friends over at So Rare. And so, of course, we need the sexy graphics for So Rare. Bang, they are up. Um, so that's that's a good start. And you know I've been talking about these guys now for a few weeks. Hopefully you're already playing along. Uh, but for those that aren't and are new to So Rare, um, it's 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 a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 Major League Baseball teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, so rare managers truly own their fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents, even those in the UK, to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards, and there's no cost to play. It's free. Free, baby. Game weeks are twice weekly and span three to four day cycles. At the end of the game weeks, uh, the managers who rank at the top or near top of the leaderboards win a variety of rewards. It can include scarcity cards, game tickets, merchandise, signed jerseys, and VIP experiences like meeting MLB stars. Prizes may vary depending on the competition. All you have to do is head to SoRare.com slash locked on. 
That's spelled so rare as in S-O for so and rare as in R-A-R-E. So rare.com to draft your team of free player cards. Set your lineup and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's so rare.com slash locked on to start playing today. All right, then, Sean, talk to me about Skip Schumacher and some of his decision-making around Sandy Alcantara, firstly. Uh, he was allowed to go, continue to go deep into a game. The wheels fell off drastically again in another inning. Um, he was given the benefit to ca- try and work his way through it. By the time Skip made a call, too late. Too late. For me, it's three in a row where Sandy's had a... A, a, a later inning blunder. This is not what we saw at all in 2022, but this is a pattern that is emerging. And Skip Schumacher thus far is doing nothing different, which hasn't been his form either. Is it now time to have that conversation with Sandy Alcantara? I think it is. I think you're right in saying that the uh, pattern is forming. That's the, the perfect phrase, I think. I think we're, we're so used to seeing Sandy get stronger as he goes through games and we've discussed this already the fact that yep. that's not what we're seeing this year and that third time through the lineup is just kilos ERAs in the double digits it's crazy and I think he was motoring wasn't he into that final inning and the, the pitches were low it was I think it was in the 70s as he started that, that inning so it wasn't a case of it, there was any question of whether he should start the inning because absolutely should you not put in him even though it is as I think the first hitter he, he faced was the the first time he was facing the hitter for the third time. I don't think at 70 pitches you pull Sandy pre-inning. You give him that opportunity, but the yep. inning starts to go south straight away. Yep. And, and, and at a certain point, it is a case of we, we've seen this story before now, and I think after the second guy gets on base, mm-hmm. you, you're starting to warm up a guy. You're starting to think about having a guy ready. Um, if this continues to happen, I think you start warming up the guy to begin the inning. Because you need to be ready for this this eventuality. Because at the moment, that is that's what we're seeing every time the Sandy gets to the third time through the lineup. Yeah, he's starting to get hit, and and that's not an indictment, Sandy. That is just merely baseball nowadays. We've got so used to Sandy not being one of these guys that doesn't face the third time through the lineup. We're so used to seeing him go seven, eight, nine innings. Yeah, um, but the team has spoke about him having issues this year. And I think you need to start managing that because you can't mm. just keep putting his, you know, his feet to the fire and expecting anything to change. You need him to to go five, six innings and and, and go strong innings and let the bullpen do the, what it needs to do. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. And and the game we're talking about is you know the, one of the Giants' games from over the weekend. And let me just kind of remind everyone because you know it's hard to remember this right when you've seen three or four games since. But um, you know he walks the first guy in the inning. There's then a single. It was a it was a dribbler down the third baseline, and Sandy tried to make a play at first base. No need to make the play, but it was a throwing error. So you end up with guys on second and third, no outs. Sack fly, sack fly. Um, so that's the then thinking. Okay, then you get Mitch Hanniger with a single, uh, <laughs> which and and then another walk after that. Yastrzemski walked. So you're on first and second. Um, you know, two outs. Um, and then there's another single line drive, and then there's another guy scoring. So this this inning was just getting out of hand. It was clearly getting out of hand, and that's been the mo here. And Skip's just slow to react with Sandy. And I know he's the reigning Cy Young, and I know he's the ace of the staff. But for me, things maybe 
should have changed already and they haven't, but we're now at the point where they have to change. They have to until Sandy proves otherwise. And he's proven it before, but this year is not the same as 2022. Wait to see how it plays out. I'm very intrigued. Talking about Braxton Garrett, though, mate. Boy, oh boy, Braxy Garrett continues to be an absolute stud this year. I mean, I know people, you know, this is this is called management accounting. When you decide to look at the numbers and manipulate them in a way that best suits what you want to, what story you want to tell. And if you remove Braxton Garrett's start, the Yamamoto start against the Bravos, Braxy Garrett, as he's been absolutely sensational. And frankly, it was a career day almost the other day. It was he was so impressive. He got the quick hook, but Braxton Garrett, for a guy that didn't even crack the rotation to start the year, just how good has he been? It's been great, hasn't it? And he's been floating around for, for many years, and we kind of felt like we knew what he was. He was this long man, yeah. you know, a spot starter. But so far, he's been great. I mean, the Caper 9 has it's been pretty consistently around that 9 number, which is, you know, what you want to see. It's not like, obviously, being a lefty, sometimes you see these softer tossing lefties yeah. uh, get some get some action. But he can actually strike a guy out. And the thing that he's really done this year is really limit the walks. Um, and, and it's absolutely playing. I mean, yes, you could look at the, the, some of the advanced numbers and, and maybe he's playing above himself and the luck's a little bit there. Um, but on the whole, he's pitched brilliantly. And, and for, yeah. for the Marlins to, to get him, you know, th- this isn't this is somewhat unexpected. So you're going to take it uh, and run with it. Um, but at the moment, he is a, he's a he's a starter you can trust. Um, and that's something no that doubt. the Marlins maybe you know are in need of right now. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt on that for Braxy Garrett. He is a starter you can trust, and 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 for me, like just the development surge that came out of nowhere. Like I remember watching him in that 2020 year and there's that amazing gif of him clearly where, you know, there's that play at third base where Brian Anderson just makes one of the all time plays and (laughs) Braxy just turned around, just dumbfounded. And in some ways I felt like Braxy at that point was just happy to be there at the big league level. Like he didn't truly believe at that point and something has happened. Something's clicked with him where he believes and listen, he came out of that game and he was not happy coming out of that game for obvious reasons. Skip had to go and, you know, he gave him a few minutes to cool off and then Skip went over and gave him a little tap and said, listen, that was stunning. Um, but wild scenes. One of the other main sto- uh, talking points from that series, mate, before we segue into uh, game one uh, from last night and also looking ahead to Rui Perez going this evening uh, in cause, which we also have to talk about. But the double ejection, mate. Um, from that game. I mean, it actually didn't matter in terms of the game itself. The game was kind of already tailing away from the from the Marlins anyway. Um, but how wild was that situation? You then got to get the full John Boy uh, rundown of that as well. Um, fundamentally, the, the umpire botched it, right? The, the hitter wasn't engaged. He should, have, he should have been called on a strikeout. Then you end up with just this chaos happening with Stallings and Skip Schumacher you know, doing the same body actions, body motions. It was all, you know, wild scenes. Um, you know, for me, that's probably the highlight of the year for Jacob Stallings, which <laughs> maybe says a lot in terms of how his year's gone thus far. But, you know, great to see Skip out there. Like, I think that's his, is that his third ejection, Skip? I think he's getting up there with the ejection cam. So he's not afraid, right? He's not afraid to get out there and give it to these umpires, right? And in that case, 
they absolutely deserved it. It's one of them where they should review the footage and go, yep, that guy's on a one-game ban because, you know, they, he caused the chaos in that situation, although the chaos was funny to watch, I'd say. What about you? Yeah, I mean, for me, ejections you know, back when I used to first started watching the game were, were fun. They, they, they were yeah. this, this novelty of, of, of it was just crazy. You had people going mad and, and getting thrown out and then carrying on getting mad. Like you see in, in, in football, like a player gets sent off and it's like, yeah, get off the field and they walk off the field. Like with ejections, it was it, it could carry on for five, ten more minutes. Uh, mm-hmm. Nowadays, you don't see so many ejections, obviously. And um, yeah, it's nice. I think sometimes we would bemoan Mattingly, wouldn't we? Yeah. It'd be a situation where you're like, I don't care. Just go out there. Do something. Piece, do something. Follow yeah. the team a little bit. Yeah. Um, so to see Skip doing that is is great. I mean, all these new rules have been I've, – I've had quite a positive reaction to most of them, actually, which mm. is a little bit surprising. But this <laughs> whole timeout – did you know the, the Marlins have been affected by this a couple of times, haven't they? Where it's a case mm. of was it the hitter, was it the pitcher, was it the catcher, was it the umpire? Sometimes you, you're watching the game and you're like, I'm not quite certain what on earth is going on right now. No. Uh, and I think it's going to take a little bit of time to iron it out, but the Marlins certainly seem to be involved in um, a few issues there. I mean, it might be league wide, I don't know. I only watch Marlins games nine yeah. times at the time, but it does seem like that's. Of all the new rules, that's the one little wrinkle that seems to just need a little bit of ironing now a bit. Yeah, I think Skip's talked about it as well a couple of, a couple of times post game, just saying you know we're seeking clarification, we're getting some mixed messages. Like this is new for the umps too, and I must say, the umps have got a tough enough job anyway, particularly the home plate umpire in trying to call balls and strikes, which is almost an impossible task in 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 reality. They've now layered on this additional multiple additional requirements to them and trust me as a host of a pod that has to do various things during the pod i can tell you how difficult that can be you know you're trying to concentrate on what you're trying to do in the same time you're trying to do x y and z to keep it all rolling it's not easy and the umps they've had to really adapt to the point you're making though and i think this is kind of critical there's been multiple times where these things have happened and, and no one's quite clear on what has actually happened there needs to be some sort of mechanism i feel where the umpire can actually kind of They've got that now anyway for the replay system. Just add some clarity. You walk over there with the mic and go, hey, you know, yep, that was a whatever. It was a a pitch clock, you know, whatever. And at least everyone knows what has happened because too many times you've got to like the post-game presser and the Marlins beat writers are asking the question going, what happened? No one, even like after the game's finished, they don't even know what's happened. But anyway, it's great to see, uh, to your point, Donnie, there was a lot of people on Twitter going, Donnie, just get out there. Get some fire out there. And it's good to see Skip doing that. And, you know, Skip has led from the front this year. He has. And it's great to see. And I think I haven't heard really heard any bad words uttered thus far about Skip Schumacher. And we're almost into June. So for me, that's probably a win. Um, speaking about a win, let's talk about our good friends over at Game Time as well. And uh, for those guys that are thinking about buying tickets to any of your favorite events, it shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. they got killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you will have. Absolutely. Um, so you forget planning months in advance. Don't bother. Don't bother. Game time is deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. You can get exclusive flash deals uh, for tickets on anything. 
loads of sports in there, of course. Football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. You can't say fairer than that. You can get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. And you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. So what have you got to do? Pretty simple. Download the Game Time app. Create an account and use the code LOCKEDONMLB. That is all caps and all one word. LOCKEDONMLB for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKEDONMLB for 20 bucks off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right then, Sean. Let's wrap things up here in the last five or so minutes of this episode. First of all, we have the if you if you are watching and you have the graphics, we've got the rundown here now, which is you know is added an agenda. Normally I love a segue, so there will be in the future there will be a segue line in there and some some allowance for segues. If you notice, there was no there was no umpire you know, berating on the rundown. But Coop Slander is on there, and Sean Barrett is in the house. Coop Slander, after yesterday's game, it's fair to say he had a double to get things rolling, but after then, I would say things didn't go to plan with Garrett Cooper. It feels like a few Marlins fans are not quite on the Coop hype train at this point. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm conscious you'll be around giving it the Coop police, mopping all this up, but what's your take on Garrett Cooper at this point, mate? Well, there's been a, there's been a lot to mop up recently. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I get it. He's 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 come back from the IL stint, uh, mm. the, the ear infection that just never went away. Um, yeah. It was there for a while, and, and it's it's not been great. I mean, he had a couple of doubles when he first came in. And I was quite excited. I thought Coop's back. He's hitting. He's he's hot, and he's going to go on a run. And that hasn't materialised. Uh, the only consistent thing he's been doing is striking out, uh, and I get it. I mean, I'm I'm his I'm his biggest fan, and, and I'm going to try and rip him as much as I can. But at the moment, all I can say is that he's a streaky player, and and hopefully this streak of of, of poor performances ends soon, mm. um, and 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 it will, and and he'll hit well, and and I'll be calling out that over the last nine days his WRC plus is three hundred and twelve, and he's number three in all of baseball over that time. That will happen, and you better believe I'll be telling you that. Um, so yeah, we just got to get through this cold streak and hope it ends pretty quickly because it's not just affecting <laughs> my well being, but also the record mm. for the Marlins. So. Definitely. We need to see we need to see Hot Cooper back, and I'm certainly rooting for that. In, and there's no better place to do that than Coors. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of a guy that's got hot, I mean Brian De La Cruz, baby, four hits yesterday for Brian De La Cruz. He has been scorching since he looked like he he didn't know what end of the bat to hold for a period. It was it was putrid for a few weeks after being hot to start the year. Brian De La Cruz must be the streakiest player. Actually, one final thing on Garrett Cooper. There seems to be some correlation here where if Jazz Chisholm Jr. is injured, Garrett Cooper all of a sudden falls off himself. Felt like that same happened last year. Jazz went down, cold Coop arrived. He spoke about it in the offseason too, mate, where he felt like he tried to do too much. There's more hitters around him this year. Brian De La Cruz is hitting around him. Soler is hitting around him. Arias is always going to hit around him. Like There isn't the need for Coop to carry this, this whole team on his back. There isn't. Just keep doing what you're doing. I don't know if there's any actual correlation to that. It's just coincidental, I think, on Coop. 
Um, let's talk about Brian Dela Cruz, though, who, you know, pressure was on this year. There was some hype coming in. And thus far, Brian Dela Cruz, not only are you getting some power now and again, but you're now starting to get some kind of Luis Arias tendencies out of him, which is the most encouraging thing because Luis Arias is, is the best hitter in baseball, best pure hitter. And I do wonder, Luis Arias being around, is that really helping some of these guys where they're seeing it in person, understanding and actually leaning into it and thinking, Luis, tell me how you do this. Show me what you do. How do you prepare? And what can I take from that? I don't know, but overall, mate, encouraging with Brian Dela Cruz, right? It is encouraging, and and uh, as is my one, I could ruin it by saying that he's walking less than last year, striking out more than last year, uh-uh. and a babip of over a hundred points more than last year. Yeah, he that- was so unlucky though last year, wasn't he? I remember him saying like his metrics, like he looks so unlucky. But ultimately, I mean, I can you can make the numbers do whatever you want, as you've already said. So I can look management at, accounting, baby. I can look at this negatively. I can look at this positively. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, if he can, if he, if this is just a hot spell, then fine, because that's baseball, isn't it? You you you're hot at one moment and then you're cold the next. So let's ride this hot streak. Let's have it continue during this series. Of course, mm-hmm. let's hope that drags up other players like Coop. Anytime you can get a guy on a hot streak, put less pressure on everyone else. You know, Coop's been playing in the, the four hole the last couple of games, and maybe that's kind of got into his head a little bit. Maybe the swing and misses a little bit increased because of that artificial role of I'm the cleanup hit where I need to be hitting bombs. Playing with, within yourself, and that's what I think Dela Cruz is doing at the moment. He's just playing this game, he's enjoying his baseball. Um, and, and anytime a guy gets hot like this, I don't like to look at the numbers and try and find a reason to say why it's going to stop happening. Of course, mm. guys aren't going to go four for four every game, but while it's happening, let's enjoy it. Absolutely. And I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying what I'm seeing from Dela Cruz. Um, I think this is a really interesting rest of the series now, I must say. Yesterday's game was winnable, in my opinion, and it just didn't quite go their way. A lot of people saying the Marlins are the luckiest team in the history of baseball. But these are the types of games. That that game there, a couple of breaks. Either way, Marlins could have won that game. They didn't. Eddie Cabrera, one walk, six innings, three earned runs. I mean, you can't ask more. I mean, you can, but, you know, that's fine. Eddie gave the team a chance to win, both in terms of the length and only giving up three in cause. It's going to be an interesting rest of the series, though, mate. The Marlins are, are, are flipping this roster. They continue. But overall, this evening, Yuri Perez making his third start. First one on the road. First one in cause. This isn't a good Rockies team. It isn't a good Rockies lineup overall. But they know how to play at home. And they know how to play the conditions. This is a huge test for Yuri Perez. If he goes five... Five giving up three, similar to Eddie Cabrera. For me, that is another huge dub, I'd say, for Uri Perez. Wouldn't shock me, though, if he comes out and has his best start to date. Where do you sit on this one? We've seen from from Uri so far that his stuff is elite. I think the strikeouts will be there. Mm -hmm. I think he'll limit the hits. I think, obviously, the thing that has affected him, and that's the concern, of course, is is the long ball. Mm -hmm. Um, But if he can can limit the long balls, because... Basically, when, when he's going to get that fastball hit, it's going for a home run pretty much anywhere. So I think it's a, it's not like 
all of a sudden all the hits are going to go for home runs. I think if you can limit to one or two home runs, limit the people on base so that they're solo home runs, I think you're absolutely right. Five five innings, three earned, you'll take that. And yeah. I think, you know, yeah. pencil in a couple of strikeouts, seven or eight strikeouts, I'd be really happy with that. And, and I shall be watching live, so I'm, I'm very much looking forward to watching him pitch. Let's go. Let's go, Sean Barrett, watching live. It's a 1.40 a.m. UK time, just for those wondering about that. Um, yeah, this is a really intriguing one. Really intriguing. It's been the matchup that I've been just intrigued to see. I mean, it's a big test for Uri, and I'm you know, I'm really excited to see what he can do. You're particularly coming off an L last night in a winnable game. The team drops back down to 500. Feels like the kind of time where they need to string a couple of dubs together again. Like, you can feel the anxiety in Marlon's Twitter right now, too. Like, you know, we just traded for a dude that was in the Tigers system in, in AAA that was doing nothing. He's being brought up. Burdick's, who knows what Burdick's doing. You know, there's some moving into panic stations here. You know, we'll see how it goes. But it, it feels like if Erie could just set the tone here, the Marlins could scratch out a dub, um, get back above 500, you know, and just relax. Relax into it, I think, would be would be huge. Sean, we're out of time. We're, we've gone long, but, you know, we wanted to give everyone the opportunity to, to enjoy the graphics mainly. So uh, I think we've done that. And I hope the audio has come out. This is going to be the first time I've used this uh, streaming platform, recording platform. So we will see. Who knows? When I try to download this, there could be no audio. We may have to do a rerun. Who knows? Um, so for those joining... Thanks for making Locked On Marlins your first listener of the day, guys. And thanks to Sean Barrett, the UK GOAT, for joining me uh, on Tuesday's episode of Locked On Marlins. Of course, we'll be back on Wednesday because, yes, this is a daily show. I look forward to seeing you then. See you then, guys.